Let's get going. Today's Davazav Yurches, page 18, the Heilige Meseches Kedushin. And we have a lot of ground to cover because we're still on Daf Yudzayin Amabes. And we are a little more than halfway down. Got lots to do. So we're, let's count about eight lines before it gets wide. We're at the two dots. The Mishnah said, Amavriya, In Amavriya, if the master passes away, does not get transitioned down to the son or the daughter, she is out, says the Gemara. What is the source? Amarafada says, the Amar says, state in Torah. The same Allah applies to an Amavriya. The Torah compares the laws of an Yerza to the laws of an Amavriya. The same way, if you have somebody who's a Yerza, he's passed the six years, we drill the hole in his ear, and now he's saying, if the master passes away, he's out, he doesn't work for the son or daughter. Okay, so now we have the source, clear, beautiful, let's keep going. Says the Gemara, one second. In order to say that a girl goes out and she does not get passed down to son or daughter, learned out from Nirtzah, from the Pasuk of La Moschatasakein, says the Gemara, that is not possible, because that source is not available, I'll tell you why. Is the verse of the same Allah of Nirtzah applies to Namavriya, is that what it's coming to teach me, that she goes out upon the death of her master? I need the verse for something else. The Bryce says, which means, you have to give her Hanukkah, you have to give her the gifts when she leaves the master's domain. I know what means to give her gifts. Maybe it means she should become a Nyertzav. She wants to work after six years. Only when the Eved says, I want to stay longer, do we allow him? We A girl cannot do that. So she's completely excluded. There's no way a girl, a woman, can ever be a Nyertzav. Hare Ritzia Omar already handled the Ritzia situation. What am I learning out from It means Lahanik. The same way a guy who works Toyaival gets goodbye gifts, so too this Amavriya, when she leaves, gets goodbye gifts. And it's not coming to teach me, to bring this question full circle, it's not coming to teach me that she doesn't get passed down to son or daughter. It's just teach me she doesn't get gifts. Answer the Gemara, no. Imkain, if Ba'afla Moschatasakin was teaching me, she can't become a Nirtza. I'm sorry, that she gets gifts. It should say, so too to an Amma, she gets gifts. My Ta'ase, what does it mean? Ta'ase, it means Shmami Natarti. That extra word teaches us both halachas. Again, what's halacha number one that we're learning out from this verse? It's that if the master dies, she does not get passed down to son or daughter. And the, the second thing that we're learning out from this Pasuk is that when an Amma of Ria leaves, she receives goodbye gifts. Okay. Then we learn Tanirza, a guy who sells. Why, why do we have a question? We don't know that she's going to that she necessarily gets goodbye gifts because the gifts are said in masculine form. Okay, Tanirza of Hanimkar Anirza, a guy who's working till Yavel. We drilled a hole in his heel, ear, and somebody who's sold to a non-Jew. They don't continue working for the son or daughter if their master. Passes away. Nirza, how do I know that if somebody is working for a master who dies, he's out. If he's a Nirza, and he works for him for eternity. What does it mean for him? Only the master of not the kids. How do I know also that if you have a Jew working for a non Jew and the non Jewish master passes away, he does not need to work for any of the children? Amar Chizkiah says, now again, let's remind ourselves for a moment. The Gemara established. 
that in order for this conversation to even start, we have to be dealing with Eretz Yisrael, under halachic rule, called at the times of Shlami Hamalach, where we always had non-Jewish people living in Eretz Yisrael, but even though the, the Goyim didn't have the 613 mitzvahs, as being part of society, there were still some obligations that they had, and that is, A, a non-Jewish master had to allow a servant to leave by Yoivel, and we're learning over here as well, that if a non-Jewish master dies, he does not get passed down to the children. How do we know that? Chesgiyah says, Amakra v'chishav im kainayu. You deal with the one who bought him. Only the one who bought him, which means the original non-Jewish owner, you don't deal with the inheritors. You see that if you have a Yid who's owned by a non-Jew, and the non-Jew passes away, does not get passed down to the inheritors. Omar Rava says, You should know when you have a non-Jewish family, biblically, Everybody inherits each other. Okay? A ben Yerish Asav. Shinamar, as it says, Vechishav im You deal with the master, Vlayim Yarshi Not the Yarshim of the one who bought it, Machlal de Isla Yarshim, which implies there is inheritors. Okay? So Rabbi says a very interesting thing. For the fact that the Torah says that this Eved doesn't get passed down to the children is a proof that in general, Gentile children do halachically inherit Gentile parents. Okay? There is the laws of Yerusha. Why are we concerned about that? Why are we concerned? We're just making, we're, we're, we're inferring. We're inferring. We said that an Eved, an Eved every doesn't get passed down, but everybody else does. So Rabbi says, by what you're saying, you're implying that there's regular Yerusha Within non-Jewish families. Okay, let's see. Let's see. So he's not done yet. Ger, what about if somebody in this Gentile family converts? So, What about if the child of the Gentile father converts to Judaism? So now what? Does he inherit the Gentile father or not? So he says, that's not biblical anymore, but that's going to be rabbinic. Now, why is it going to be rabbinic? Because we know that Gershon is Geir. As soon as a Ger converts, he has a new neshama. If you have two brothers, one is Jewish, one's non-Jewish, they both inherit their non-Jewish father. The Ger, the Jewish guy, can say to his non-Jewish brother, You take all the Gaiish stuff, and I'll take the money. You take the non-kosher wine, and I'll take the fresh produce. That's automatically kosher. Okay? So what you're going to do, the, the, the Mishnah continues to teach us, is that you're going to end up with a fascinating case if you're going to say that a person who converts still inherits their non-Jewish father, what's going to come out is that there's always going to be part of the estate that is worthy or has value to non-Jews and doesn't have value to a Jewish person. So the guy who converted to Judaism has a right to insist that they divide it value-based and he should get the part that we'll call quote-unquote kosher. Okay? Um... However, um, once 
it's uh, owned by one of them. We'll call it the Yarshi Ager. So then you're not allowed to do that anymore. Not allowed to do it anymore. Now, what do I mean not allowed to do anymore? So here's the deal. Here's the problem. It's fascinating lumbus over here. The problem's like this. We're not allowed to even benefit from Yayanessa. We're not allowed to benefit from idol worship. So if you look at the situation here, you can come out with a Jewish brother, again, totally non-Jewish family, one brother converts. If he tells his non-Jewish brother, you take the Yavadis Kechavim, or you take the Yayanessach, and I'm going to take the money, or I'll take the produce, isn't he benefiting from it? So Zok the Mishnah, fascinating, it's not considered direct benefit. And therefore you're allowed to do it. However, once it enters the domain of the Ger, in other words, let's say, he inherits the idols. It's not like they had a preconceived uh, uh, agreement, that precondition that we're going to divide everything. If you, have a, uh, if you have an agreement, everything's going to be split, so now you can't do that anymore, because now you're benefiting directly from the Avedis Gechavim, or from the Ayanesach. It has to be prior to anybody receiving anything in their Rishos. Now, if you're going to say that it's a biblical halacha, that if you have somebody who converts to Judaism, he inherits the father... So, even if it's not yet in his rishus and his property, we shouldn't. We should say biblically: as soon as the father died, you know what happened? It becomes a partnered up ownership, and he it, it should be considered like he's benefiting by telling his brother, "You take the idols." So, Elamidarbon has got to be that if there's a ger involved over here, if somebody in the family converts, so if they're all non-Jewish, regular biblical laws, if somebody converted to Judaism. Now it's going to be halachas mid rabbanon and gzeir hudav rabbanon shavu yachzer lesurai. Okay, and the rabbanon made gzeir, and they were lenient on this convert. You know why? Because we want to make sure we want to make it easy for him to stay on the derech, which is an important insight, important foundational idea. Don't make Yiddishkeit harder than it has to be. And therefore, they said like this: You converted to Judaism. Your father's got a large estate, small estate, large estate. You're going to start telling a guy, listen, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, a lot of what your father had you know, 50% of your stuff You, you got an inheritance $10,000 You got an inheritance of a million dollars Now your inheritance is five grand Or a half a million It's nishpushit It's not, a, it's not an easy Nisayan uh, 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 t- Test to withstand And therefore the Chum say That they're, they're, uh, they're going to be lenient in this, uh, in this area We're going to allow them to Prior to coming into his domain We'll say you could make an agreement prior, tell the, Gaish, the the non-Jewish brothers to take all the stuff that's non-kosher, and you take the stuff that's kosher, we're going we're to let this happen. The Rabbana could do that. Tana Miyachi, we learned in the Bible similarly, when do we say that again, you could divide it and tell the non-Jewish brothers to take the what we'll call the Gaish things, and the Jewish brother will take the kosher ones, that is when they're all inheriting together, but if now they're in partnership, you're not allowed to do that because now you already have ownership and you're not allowed to benefit from it. Okay. Avigachavim esager, the ger esager. What if you have the father converted to Judaism? You have a, you have a big mishpucha. The father converts to Judaism and all of his kids are non-Jewish. Okay? Or you have a family that all converts to Judaism together. So they're all converted, they're all Jewish now. Blood relatives, but we'll say, not neshama relatives, because each one's going to take on their own neshama, so to speak, now with the Geras. 
They all convert. So does anyone have any good for inheritance, right? Yes, 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 yes. So let's see. Says There's no inheritance either biblically or rabbinically. If you borrow money from somebody who converts to Judaism with his whole family, everybody converts, and you borrow money, and then he dies, you have no obligation to pay back the children. And if you do pay back, get ready for this, it's not even menschlich. Okay? What does this mean? What it means is that since these Yarshim have zero claim because they're not Yarshim, see, you, what you're doing basically is just giving them a gift. In Rechav means the Chum are going to look at you and say, you should know you're not keeping any halach over here. You want to give them a gift, give them a gift, do what you want. But if you think that you're, you're doing this because really they have rights to inherit, that, 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 you're, you're circumventing halacha. Halacha is this garnish garnished here, the zero shaykhs. So know what you're dealing with. Who, who, who are you talking about? Based in? Or? Yeah. They look at the guy and they say, listen, you want to give it, give it. But there's nothing to do with repaying a loan. Yeah, but who, who? I think I'm becoming saying more than that. That you shouldn't do it because it, you're, it's like you're creating... You're doing something that's obviously connected halacha, and you're making it. It's look not like connected halacha. Like you're not connected halacha, but you're frumer than the Torah. Right, you're making it look okay. So that's what it means that they're not neichem, and it doesn't say they need to stop it per se. It's a different child amongst the rishonim. What, what exactly it means? Is it the wrong thing, or is it just neichem menu means as far as this area of halacha? Like uh-huh. nothing impressed. I'm not impressed with you at all. Yeah. You, you, back to your question. What was your question? Yeah. Quiet. I don't quite. You have, you have this family that A whole family converts to Judaism So then what happens Father dies Father dies After having lent somebody money After lending somebody After he had converted Yeah After he had converted Correct Okay So now he, he, he lends money to a Yid Yeah $100 The father kicks the bucket Yeah This Yid There's no reason whatsoever For him to give the $100 Back to the children Because those children Are not inheritors It's not their money so it's hefker money. Just hold on to it. There's nothing special if you give the money to the family. Nothing special about it. It's yours just as much as theirs. There's no family ties. Here's the problem. There's another price that says it's a wonderful thing to give it back to the kids. It is a menstucha thing. There's another price that says, no, the, the old man passes away. You've got the money. It is a nice thing to give back to the family. It's, it's menstucha. So it says the Gemara, like, Kash is no contradiction. It depends where they're coming from. So if the children of the father all were alive and converted with him, so then there's no Indian whatsoever. If you have a case, again, where let's say you have a couple that converts to Judaism while the mother's pregnant. Okay. And then the child is born. The mother converted during, uh, during pregnancy. So the conceiving of the child wasn't done bikdusha, But the birth was done bikdusha. So since it's, he looks like he was born Jewish. Since for said that's what it looks like. Memela, it's a proper thing to, uh, to repay. Because people are going to say, oh, you don't need to repay uh, uh, Jewish uh, Yarshim. People aren't. 
it's not going to be so clear that he's not a Yerush. So to, to clean your name, it's a proper thing to do. The new baby. Yeah. Yeah. Rabbi Rabbi says in the name of Rabbi that uh, if you have a non-Jewish family, the children do inherit their father. We call an inheritance to Esav. Esav ain't Jewish. I have a domi saw mummer shiny. Says the Gemara. Well, Esav was Jewish. I'll tell you why. Now I'm using the word Jewish openly, right? Not not specifically. Nobody was Jewish till Har Sinai. But says the Gemara. Esav's parents were Yitzchak and Rivka. Yeah. So maybe we should call him like a Jew who's OTD. Maybe he's off the derech. Who says that we, you know, we're, we're considering him to be non-Jewish? Maybe he's called Yisrael Mummer. Maybe a non-Jew, uh, 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 purposeful anti-God Jew has inheritance, but a guy doesn't. By the light, also, and his children, we use the word Yerusha. He certainly uh, isn't in the uh, bloodstream. Of Klal Yisrael, he's a nephew of Avram. He's not a direct descendant of Avram Yitzchak or Yaakov. So you see, there is descent, there is inheritance, even amongst those who are not directly from Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. Rechiel Barav, my timely Yomakarava. Rechiel Barav, who, who said the source is from Esav. What was his problem of learning out from our original reason? See, before we said, you know how before we said, you know how we know there's in Yerusha because we said. A Jewish servant doesn't get passed down. But regular you do. That was our original reason. What was wrong with that? Why do we have to come on to Esau and Light? And so the Gemara, It doesn't say, it doesn't say that you deal with the, the buyer and not the children. It doesn't say that. And therefore, you could argue on what we'll call the implication. You're just implying. Over here we have a direct Pasuk telling me there's inheritance. It says the Gemara, It says the Gemara, well, Rava, who had to learn it out through an inference, why, why didn't he want to learn it out from Ophiobar Ravan? Yeah, that either learn it out from uh, Esav, which we ultimately changed to Lot. Why didn't he learn it out from Lot? He says, out of covet for Avram Avinu. Yeah, that um, the, uh, you could say that the reason why Lot received an inheritance was only because he had a special uncle. Special uncle said a covered a lot. He could have said, a covered for Avram. We could say that's why there was inheritance. But in a regular situation, maybe there's no inheritance amongst the Gentiles. And therefore, Rava comes ahead and says, I have another, besides for this Pasuk, I have another diuk. And that is, that we deal with the non Jewish master himself and not his children. Period. End of the Gemara. Tanu Rabbanon, the rabbis learned, and so should we. Yesh be'ibri, she'im be'ibriya. There are some halachas that apply to a Jewish male servant and do not apply to a maid servant. Yesh be'ibriya, she'im be'ibriya, and vice versa. Yesh be'ibri, some halachas apply to a Jewish male servant. Shu yetzi b'shanu b'yevel misazadon. He goes out with six years are up when yevel year hits or his master dies. Masha'en ki'im be'ibriya. This is not true by an amma evriya, which we have to understand why not. Uh, these three really do apply by amma evriya. So why are we saying not? So hold your horses. The halacha that a girl has, a Jewish maidservant has, that a male does not have, is that she's going to go out free when reaching a nara, when reaching a state of adulthood, which is not true by a male. She cannot be owned twice, meaning there's only possibility to have this once. A father can sell his daughter once, once she's sold, it is impossible for a father to be able, ever be able to sell her again, which means it's impossible for ever to be a biblical amavriya. Who maftin I saw, we could redeem her, 
um, against the will of the master or against the will of the father. We'll see soon which one it is. Masha'in came be'ivri, which is not the halacha by in Eved Ivri. Omar Mar, the Tana said, Yesh be'ivri, she'im be'ivri. See, there's two dots here, but it's really not uh, a separation. We're really not going to work off this quote. Of, that was all a b'risa, right? So now the Gemara's get into explaining uh, explaining the b'risa. So Omar Mar, the Tana just said, Yesh be'ivri, she'im be'ivri. There's certain halachas that apply to a male that do not apply to a female. Says Gemara, one second. Brahmini, that's contradiction. We said that the, the Amavriya has more because she acquires herself with Simonim. So over here, the Mishnah says that there's extra for the girl as opposed to uh, extra for the boy. The Bryce didn't with the case where the master Taka did yield. Okay, he fulfilled the mitzvah of, of uh, marrying her. And guess what? If you marry this Amavriya, she ain't leaving after six years because she's not an Amavri anymore. Now she's Yid the Shemama. She's a regular wife. Says Gemara Yada. You want to tell me we're dealing with he married her? Pshita. <laughs> it's obvious. Gita Baya. If you want, if she wants to leave, forget the six years Yavel or anything else. She needs a get. So why would the Brisa even uh, tell us? Oh, these halachas apply to a man and not a woman when the master did Yid. Shkayach. <laughs> what shaykes? That's like saying you know, I'll tell you halachas that apply to a manservant and not a woman who's married. Yeah, two two separate mishnayos, two separate halachas. Says Gemara, Ma'adutayim I would say no, no, no. Even when Yehud comes, even when he does a marriage, the halachas of a maidservant remain with her. Kamash Malan, that no, she's a complete wife. There's no halachas of of a freedom of a uh, of a maidservant. All those halachas are falling off. You know, I might think. In addition to the laws of Amavriya, if you do Yid, there's also a, you also have the other halachas of marriage. And everything's applying over here. So the Kiddush over here is, no, no, no. Yid Taka makes it like a regular marriage. Even though, I might think, you see what the Kiddush? Kiddush is, it's a whole different name. See, we don't call it Kedushin, we call it Yid. So I would say Yid is something that's unique to an Amavriya. So she's still blind, she's still living as an Amavriya. So maybe some of those halachas can, uh, can still be in place. Says Gwar, no. Yihachi, One second. If we're done with a case where there was Yud, so I would it say, oh, by the way, get ready for this. A woman has more exits than a man. You know why? More. more exits. She has more ways to get out because when she reaches physical maturity, she goes out. Says Gemara, one second, make up your mind. If we're dealing with she's married, she's not leaving with Simon. So what are you talking about? And for the Gemara, what we mean is, Alright, so we're creaking around over here as they say. We're saying it's like this. In the first part of the Brisa, we're dealing with the master marrying her. And therefore we say, you know what a man has over a woman? He goes out with six years, Yaivel and Misa Sabal. As opposed to a woman. We said, what do you mean as opposed to a woman? We said, no, 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 no. Opposed to a woman because remember the guy married her. So she's not going out. She's not going out like that. Okay, what about the second part of the Brisa? says, oh, the second part of Raisa reads like this. And by the way, if he doesn't do Yud, then she still has the halachas of an Amavriya, and she would go out with Simonim. Okay, fine. So we, we kvetched it in. We kvetched it in. Another halacha that a man has different than a woman is that a man could be sold multiple times. A Jewish woman cannot be sold multiple times. You can, you can only be an Amavriya once in your life. There's one card. Uh, what, what's the best way to define this? One, one ticket. The father has one ticket 
to sell her to support her. Can Once the, that's done, it's done. Can the master then sell to somebody else? No. 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 A master either has to do yield when she comes of age or release her. And that's it. This seems to imply that when it comes to a Jewish male servant, it could happen multiple times. It says, We learned in Abri, so we sell him if he steals and he can't pay back. This is interesting halacha. We know that a thief has to pay back double. So a guy steals 10 grand as a thief. A thief means he stole um, stealthy. Uh, Secretly. secretly, he stole secretly. If he's busted, he's got to pay back twenty thousand dollars. Let's say he can only pay back ten thousand dollars. We don't sell him as an evid. You don't sell him as an evid. You don't sell him as an evid if he can't pay back the double. You only sell him as an evid if he can't pay back the principal. He has a chiyuv to pay kefal, but if he has enough to pay back the principal, he's not sold as an evid. Okay. Also, there's a very interesting halacha called Adam Zaman. If I testify that somebody else owes ten thousand dollars as a thief, and it turns out that I am a scoundrel lying witness, I'm an aid Zaimim, the says the Torah, under specific circumstances, I now need to pay back that money. The $10,000 that I testified he needs to pay, once I was busted, I now need to pay it. What if I don't have it? I don't get sold as an evidivory. See, he would get sold as an evidivory if I wasn't busted. I don't get sold as an evidivory, because I didn't actually steal. I'm taking on the obligation of one who stole, but since I didn't actually you steal, lied. I don't need to pay it. I lied. You lied. And that obligates me to give him the 10 G's. But I don't need to, uh, I don't get sold as an Evid if the money's not there. Also, means once you sell him once, he cannot be sold twice, which we'll, we'll clarify later what this means. Bottom line is, you see, that why'd you say that a girl can't be sold multiple times? The truth is, even a boy cannot be sold multiple times. The difference is like this you can't sell a man twice for one. For one stealing. Let's say you have a guy who stole six million dollars. He stole six million dollars. And now he's busted. He has got guy's got guy's got 150 bucks to his name. So we're gonna say sell him for six years. Okay, maximum six years. How much are you paying off in six years? Full time help? You're lucky. All right. No, two hundred grand a year. So you pay back one point two million. Out of the six million he stole. Six years are up. I didn't get the value. He's still obligated to pay the master, the, the, the guy he stole from. He still has a halachic obligation. And Shemayim, he's going to have to pay back. Or even Bezdin will uh, get involved in his bank accounts. But, can, but as far as being sold as an evidence, we don't say six more years, buddy. We don't put him back in the slammer for six more years. Don't we divide it by six years? You can't. What if he push it, can't make up the value? Right, but I... So this so Bryce says to himself, he's gonna yeah he's gonna have to pay back whatever it's divided at. You're right, but it won't deal with anything above the six year value. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm. Not the six year. No, 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 no. We're gonna divide the six years. Six each million, year, so it's each a year, a million a year. Right. Uh, he didn't pay it off. He only gave a value of two hundred grand per year. He still owes eight hundred thousand dollars per value. year. 
The value is whatever he stole. He didn't have to pay back what he stole. Right. I'm, I don't want to if, if it's a million a year for six years, and he works one year, so now the chayv is five million. No, no, not really. That's not what he's. It's not saying. really. A, it's not really a chayv for five million. No, and he's only paid off two. He's only paid off a fifth so of that year. Determines that two hundred thousand value. Oh, whatever the going rate is for a full time servant okay, on the marketplace. Okay, all right. A full time servant in the marketplace, whatever that value is. But you only get sold once per thievery. I'd be worth a million. Con Vishnake neighbors. That's right. But <laughs> but if he stole twice, let's say a guy stole, he gets put away for six years, then he steals again. So then Taki you could sell him again. The word Gnevasai means many, many times. Even if he steals many times, it seems to imply you can never. Sell it multiple times. It depends. If he stole from one person, so then he cannot work for him more than once. But if he stole from multiple people, then you could sell him twice. If he stole from Ruvain first, and he works for Ruvain, and then he steals again. See, if it's from Ruvain, he doesn't get sold again. If he stole from Shimon, then he does get sold to Shimon. Tan Rabbi, the rabbis learned, that's why the rabbis gave us a All right. We've got to cover grounds. Here we go. Gave us well, uh, I'm sorry. Let's say he stole a thousand dollars worth, and he could pay off five hundred bucks worth. Then we say, whenever the time's up, we sell him again. Let's say he stole five hundred, and working full time is going to give him a thousand dollars in value. So then, in a nimkar cloud, he doesn't get sold. He's just going to have to work and pay it off. If the, whatever he stole is equal to the amount of value that he be sold as a evident in the marketplace, then we sell him. Over here, Rabbi Eliezer is Zaycha. He merits, he's right. Over the Rabbanon. Why, why do we say? That if he steals 500 and his value of works would be worth 1,000, that we don't sell him. It says that you're going to sell, you have to sell him completely. The problem is, if, he's, if he works completely, he's going to give back too much value. So, therefore, he doesn't work. He has sold for what he stole. And he also shouldn't be sold for half of his of his, uh, whatever he stole. Bottom line is, what the Gemara is walking away right now is the only situation where you ever sell an Eved is when he steals what his value of work is going to be. If it's off, either he stole too much or he stole too little, he's not sold. That's Lafi this Bryce. And we redeem a maidservant even against the will of somebody. Now, we don't know who that will is. You're saying, you're saying that we can't, we, we don't sell it ever if. Unless it's, ex, unless it's a similar amount. According to this price. If he doesn't have the ability to, to earn. Right. Or if he has too much ability. Let's he has a much higher value than what he stole. So also. Well, He's not going to be sold. Then you, should, you sell for two months. No, you don't. For three months. You don't. They have to be in six years. That's right. That's right. Feel this, Bryson. Gavalt. So what are you going to do otherwise? So you, you put a hold on his bank accounts. You just make him work, and then you, you take away. Umafta nesay balkarchi. Suffer of the members. Rabbi thought to say balkarchi the other. 
It means against the will of the master. We won't we can redeem her. Amalia Abai, Abai says, one second, my new. What's the halacha? Maybe we're done with the father wrote a star for her value. He said, let's say the father writes an IOU. Yeah? So the master bought this Amavria for six years, $6,000. Three years in, the father's like, you know what? I want her back. I'm going to write an IOU for 3000 If we say he's allowed to do that, Amai, why is that true? Nakat Marganisa Biyade, Davina Lei Chaspe. Yeah, if, if the master has something of real value in his hand right now, this Amavriya, what right does the father have to just give him a, a piece of paper? Alam Rabbi, Abai says, it means, You hear this like this? A father sells his daughter as a, as a Amavriya. The family, against the will of the father, could go ahead and redeem her. The father says, no, 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 I'm not a taker, I'm not a taker. I don't want, I needed this money and I can't support her and I don't want to, and uh, don't do that. Tarot says, get out of here. Why? Yeah? When one of their family members, blood relatives, cousin, niece, is sitting as an Amavriya, the other family could go and redeem her and say, tell, tell the father, what's the last letter of the Olive Bays? Tough. Get out of here. It's, it's over. Let this hold true by every Jewish servant. See, here's the difference. In Amavriya, only works as a minor. In Evadivri, only works if he's a gadol. So we're concerned that if we're going to bail him out, he'll go and sell himself again, like we said before. The father will sell her again. We said, no, he won't, because we learned. You can't do it twice. This is the perfect symmetry of halacha, how the Rebbein Shalom wants everything to stay in perfect place. Umani, who's the Tana of this b'risa? Reb Shemini, the Tanya, learned the b'risa, Meichar Adam has bitah le'ishos v'shayna. A father can marry off his minor daughter more than once. Le'shifchus, also as a shifcha v'shayna. Do it again. Le'ishos achar shifchus, avalei le'shifchus achar ishus. A father marries her off, so... Um, then he's never allowed to... If a father marries her off, then he's never allowed to sell her as an Amavriya. But if he sold her as Amavriya, he's allowed, he still has her hand in marriage. At least the, 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 the Tanakam of this b'risa. But Rabbi Shimon says, no. Okay. So you see from over here, the Machagos in the Tana. Kama and Rib Shimon, whether or not a father has rights more than once to sell his daughter for Shifcha. And this Machlaikas is a Machlaikas that the father cannot sell her. Okay? Big Daiba means as um, uh, he, he, he can't sell her to a, a non Jew. Not allowed to sell her to a non Jew. Okay, now what does it mean? What does this mean? Top of Once she gets married, as in Amavriya will say, the mitzvah of Yud, as Rashi explains, the father completely loses all rights to do anything with her. To marry her off, sell her. Once the father has been baiged in her, he's kind of, oh, how do you translate baiged? Um, huh? Yeah, like rebel. He's a bit, it's not the right word here, but he's rebelled against her. Yeah, he, something that was against her will. He didn't, she didn't go into this willingly. Betrayed, betrayed her. Okay, once the father betrayed her, so shov in rashay lemaichra. 
then he's not allowed to sell her again. What's the source of the Now again, Rabbi Kiva made it dependent on whether or not the master did yield, as opposed to Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer says, no, once you sell her, that's it. So what's worse than Machlaikas? Rabbi Lezer Savar and Yesh Aim Lemesiris, famous Machlaikas, that the way to darshan a Pasuk primarily is the way that it's given over how it's written. Rabbi Kiva Savar, Yesh Aim Lemikra. It's how it is read, how you pronounce it. Okay? Now, the word is Bevigdai Ba. So get ready for this. Big day, big day. So famously, and I heard this at an NCSY convention put on by Rabbi Ravinsky, that uh, in Shul, we had the NCSY Junior Shabbaton, and one of the, uh, what are they called, counselors? Yeah. Uh, said, uh, said uh, why is it that all of us had to change into big day Shabbos? This is a big NCSY thing? This joke, huh? I don't know. Why is it, he asked all the kids, why is it we all needed to change into big day Shabbos? So I, was, I just remember this. I was sitting at the table. I was like, this, this, I'm waiting for this answer. I'm like, what's he going to say? He said, because Shabbos is a big day. Shabbos is a big day. I was like, all right, that's good. I'm going to remember this. Big day Shabbos. It reminds us it's a big day. Yeah? So it, it says in the Torah, Bevigdai Ba. So now here's the deal with this word. This word could be read, Bogad is to rebel or betray. Bagad is big day. Bagad is a, is a garment. So, Bevigdai is referring to clothing. So, says Rabbi Kiva, the best way to darshan it is when he places his clothing over her, once Yud is done, he places clothing. It's an exp- a, a nice expression of having relations. That's where the father loses his control. Because Yeshem Lemikra, that's how it's read, like by garments. As opposed to Rebel Yezer, who says Yeshem Lemesiris, which is Bogad, once the father's betrayed her, as soon as he sells her, right then and there, he loses his rights to sell her again. By Rabba Baravua, Rabba Baravua asked a question searching for information. Yud Nisuan Isa Ay Erisen Isa. When the master does Yud, which stage of marriage is that accomplishing? Is it accomplishing stage one? Arison, acquisition, or is it accomplishing stage two? And they already have Nisuin. Okay, what's the Nafkamina? Says the Gemara. The Yarshal, the Tamil of About inheriting her. If he's a Kohen being Metame to her, attending her Levaya, you only, only in Nisuin, you attend her Levaya. And to remove her vows. So, my, what is the halacha? Fascinating Shiloh. Tashma, come and listen. Says in the Pasuk. Once he spreads his talus over her, he's not allowed to sell her again. Remember, this was the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. Which seems to imply he can't sell her again. But he can give her over for Kedushin. If you're going to say that Yud creates Nesuin, see there's a different halacha. There's a rule. When a father marries off a minor and they already have Nesuin, he completely loses his power to ever marry her off again. And here we're saying the father's keeping his powers. This is going to be a raya. It's going to be a proof that even though the husband uh, covered her with a garment, uh, it's only Arison. Nesuin has even told me that it's both stages of marriage. There's no way the father could ever have any sort of control over her. And the fact that the father has control over her 
It's got to be that Yud accomplishes only stage one of marriage. says, wrong. See, here's how it works. When a father is marrying her off in a normal way, that's when we say, once she hits Nesuin, the father completely loses his rights. But here he's not marrying her off in the usual fashion. Over here, how's he marrying her off? Through selling her as a maidservant. By Yud, he's not selling her to marriage. By Yud, he sold her as a maidservant, and then the master chose to, cre- to turn that into no, a marriage. He's not even doing the Yud. It's the master yeah. who's doing the Yud. That's right. The father has nothing to do with it. Beautiful. That. That's the nafkamina that, that we're about to explain. Right? We said, well, you know, we know there's a general rule when a minor has Nasu and the father loses rights. It's a general rule. By Yud, when the master does it, the father still has rights. It must be there's only Arison. Says the Gemara, wrong. Because like Yale's saying, you're mixing two things. One second. By Yud, what did the father sell her for? Amma. The master himself did the marriage. Doesn't do the father. Doesn't do the old man. So don't bring me a raya anything from a regular situation. Maybe in a regular situation, when a father's marrying off his daughter, he only loses his rights by Nesuin. But over here, I don't know. It's different. It's different. So that's what Nachman says. Nachman says, What our Bryce means says like this. Kivan since. Once the father gives her over to somebody who's responsible, like a husband, the Torah says, you're obligated to share to give her food, clothing, attention, affection, appreciation, then he cannot sell her again. And over here, we're dealing with the case of Yud, and therefore, there's no halacha that could be learned from, from uh, that case of marriage. Bottom line, we, had, we start out with a shiloh. When the master does Yud, does Yud carry Erison or Nasu? Answer is, we don't know yet. Tashma, come and listen. Ein Meichra Lekreven. Fascinating. The father can never sell his daughter to a Karev who's not capable of marrying her. That's a Karev. So he can't, he needs money, can't support her. Right. Since there's a mitzvah of Yud on a master, it's forbidden for the father to sell her to a master that's incapable of doing Yud. Okay? Now, Mishom, Rebelezer Abru, in the name of Rebelezer they said, Meichro Lekreivim, you could sell to Kreiv. Okay? Rashi explains, Rebelezer is going to say, I, what about Yud? So is going to say, Yud when possible. <laughs> but if it's not possible, it doesn't stop you from selling. So then you can okay. sell to Suadaka also. Or yeah, yeah. Oh, well, over here we're dealing with somebody who the marriage won't even be affected. Right. You're dealing with Yisurim, different category, but it could be the same. Okay. Vishavim, everybody will agree, and this is where you're going to be effective marriages. Shamaychra Amanu Lekayin Gadol, the Grusha Vachutz Lekayin Hedith. The father can marry her when she's an Amana. It's over already. He, oh, okay, good, 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 good. The father can marry her if she's a widow, and the master's a kain gadol. So there he could sell her, even though the kain gadol is not allowed to do yud. The kain gadol is not allowed to marry her. He can still sell her. Where's the Gemara says, what's the case? Hold on, hold on. Hi, Almana Hechi Dami. How's this young girl going to be the case of Almana? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> how's it possible? What happened? What happened is, she was four years old. The father married her off 
Her husband died. Now she's an almana, and the father wants to sell her to a, a, a kain gadol. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, w- w- what's the scenario over here? Yeah, it, it has to be where she's being married and she's a widow while she's, uh, you know, while she's still a, a katana. Now, what's the case? Ilema de kadosh nafsha. If you're going to say that, let's say she was twelve years old. Let's say she's mamish nara. Yeah, so she has rights to accept marriage. The father still has rights as well for that six months. To accept marriage, let's say she accepted marriage, and then her uh, her husband died. Almana Karila says the Gemara. Well, if she's let's assume she's not yet a Nara, so we don't even call her an Almana, but she wasn't married. Ella the Kitshavia. Let's we deal with a minor because again, if she's a Nara, she's out. So the case has to be where she was a minor, and if she's a minor, the only person who could have accepted that original marriage is father. Mi Matzi Mazvinla. Now one second. If the father already married her off, how can he sell her now to a Kangolo? We learned before, you can't sell her as a Shifcha once you married her off. Maybe we're dealing with a situation, get ready for this. The father married her off, follow close, I'm sorry. The father sold her as an Amma, master does Yud, dies. So the father sold her as an Amma, but she's still an Almana from Yid. The Aliba, the Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Yehuda, Dabar Moise, Rishon, is Lava Kedushin Inu. And we found the opinion of Rabbi Yaisi who says the original money is not called Kedushin, and therefore the father only created a sale. And therefore, since he created a sale, he still has the rights to her marriage. And that's going to be the case where an Almana marries a Kangalo. She's a minor. Sold as an Amma, master married her, dies, so she's not, she is a widow, but the father still has the right to marry her off. Okay? Or the father's right to still sell. Viarmer Nisuin, I said, and if you're going to say that Yud creates Nisuin, ah, Gavaldik, remember what happens as soon as Nisuin's done? The father it's loses over. all rights on sale, on marriage, Kiman Shinise Shuvin Lavia at all. So we're still, we're trying to say, now we would have a proof that Yud only does Erison. Yud only does Erison. Otherwise, you can't find the case of an Almana minor to a, who being sold to a Kaingodo. The Elamai, rather, what are you going to say? Erison, I says, Yud only creates Erison. The Shavin Shamaycher, everybody agrees that you could sell Ha'ein Adam Maycher as Bita Lishivchas Acharishas. We learned that you can't sell it for Shivchas Acharishas once you give it over a marriage. Yeah, even even if now marriage seems to apply, even Arison, you can't give her over. So that that doesn't make sense either. So what are we forced to say? Shiny Arison didom Arison Maybe there's a difference between Arison from her and Arison from the father. No, there's maybe there's a difference whether she became married through Yud, whether she became married to the father. If you take Nisuan, if you say Nisuan, shiny Nisuan didom Nisuan Davia, you could say that same svar. Says the Gemara, Haimai, no. Bishlama, Erisim, Erisim, Shiny. If you're going to say the difference between her accepting Erisim because of Yud, or Erisim of the father, there's a difference. I get, I get it. I understand. Ellen, Nisuan, Minisuan, me, Shiny. But you can't make a difference in Nisuan. You know why? Because by Nisuan, that's never up to the father. The father could just create the initial, the initial um, uh, acquisition. Past that, the, father, the, the father's not involved. In. And therefore, we're back to square one. We can't find the case where an almana is being sold to a kain gadol. What's the case? Even according to Reis Rebuda, who says the original money of Yud, where it's going to turn into Kedushin, which is a fascinating lump discovery for this. Pause for a minute. 
Master gives a thousand dollars to father for Amavriya. Then he wants to perform Yid. Rav Nachman by Yitzchak says the original money that was given to the father becomes the Kedushan money. Kedushan money. Once he does Yid, he doesn't need to give more money. That original money becomes Kedushan money. The original money he paid the old man becomes Kedushan money. It's Yid money, but it becomes Kedushan No, Yid is Kedushan. But it's going to move from being Amma money. See, he originally bought an Amma. Now he's going to marry her. Does he need to give her uh, Kesef Shtar and Bia? No. The Kesef that he originally paid for her could become the money of Kedushan. Okay? Yeah, go ahead. So it's going to come out that the Yud money is even going to be connected to the father. Bemai Mukum Law. So you going to establish the Brisa. Answer the Gemara last step for today. Mukim law, Kirebi Eliezer, the Amar, the Shifcha, Sachar Shifcha, Sudla, Matsim, and Mazal, it's got to be Lafi, the opinion of Rebbe Eliezer, who says that a father is not able to sell his daughter into servitude twice. But the seller has a Shifcha. After marriage, he still has the ability to sell her. Hence, he sold her first into marriage. She became a widow. Now he's selling her to a Kayan Godol as an Amma, and that possibility still remains because he held on to that right. He still had the right of Amma. We'll hold it here for today. And Bez Hashem, we will pick up with the new Shaila of Boy Yeresh Lakish. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Bez Hashem, tomorrow morning, Arab Shabbos, 9.30 a.m. for Daf. Agit and Tug.